You are listening to the Independent Dealer Podcast with hosts Luke Godwin and Jeff Watson. Are you sure you're ready for this? I'm ready for it, buddy. Well, welcome to the Independent Dealer Podcast, brought to you by Buckeye Dealership Consulting. Luke, you've joined an exclusive <laughs> club this week, haven't you? I have, Jeff. I really have, and I'm I'm so excited about it. Uh, only other the only problem is that you're in the same club. <laughs> <laughs> Luke finally broke down. Finally broke down and bought himself an electric car. Uh, what's your feedback? I've got so many things to say about this whole process. Um, the only part of the process I did not like was the length of time it took to get the car. So mm. I ordered I ordered a brand new. Model Y Tesla on Easter Sunday, which performance. was April performance, uh, April 16th. Okay. And um, it was promised or not promised, but you know, when the day I ordered it, it said it would be here late May. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, great. That's a month away. Well, I picked it up yesterday. <laughs> so <laughs> four months later, well, uh, four months later, and I have it, and it's great. Well, you're doing great compared to some people. I mean, four months is not a long time to wait compared to some of the backlog on these. Had you ordered a, uh, you know, a Hummer, an F-150, a Lyric, uh, a Lucid, uh, all these model, other cars. Model X. Yeah. Model X well, the X's are like a year out or more. So there's a lot of them that are definitely backlogged and pushed back. Um, but they're actually delivering them. So, you know, what's interesting is we'll, we'll get into the, the specifics of the electric cars you know, here in a minute. But the first thing I want to talk about when it comes to the process, and I bought this for several reasons. Number one, to see the process from Tesla. Um, and number two is experiment with the, the EV portion of it, right? But the process, as in terms of ordering the car, um, taking delivery of the car and everything was done on my phone. I never had to, I had to sign one piece of paper in the, uh, in the Tesla dealership yesterday when I, but I ordered it online. I applied for financing online. I signed all the documents online or on my app within my app. Um, I sent my insurance via my app. Uh, I scheduled my delivery date and time on my app. I transferred money for my down payment via my app through Plaid. I mean, everything was done on my app. I mm-hmm. I don't have any papers. Like I left there without any papers. Yeah. So why can't we do why can't we do that? <laughs> That's a very <laughs> good question. And I would say two answers to that. A uh I don't have the technology. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have the technology stack and I don't think anyone out there wants to develop it because it's very expensive. And I've talked about that a million times. B um, it's something about a car. I mean, new car, it makes sense. Right. And that's probably the bigger picture. Of this is the DTC model that Tesla's done that I think all OEMs w- would love to go into. Um, I'm sure they'd love to skip the retail new car store, right? Uh, the markups, the market-based adjustments that are going on right now that are just making it just ugly for people to buy, order a car, have it shipped to their local dealership, 
for delivery. And then for some reason, that dealership thinks they need to put a market-based adjustment on it. It's like, I, I ordered that car. I custom built it on their website. You're literally just facilitating this paperwork for whatever reason, because you're not as far along as Tesla is, but I have to pay you a market-based adjustment. So that kind of stuff's going to come down the line. And I think give a lot of these OEMs kind of like firepower to just circumvent franchise laws, um, which could be coming. Yeah, I, I would, I would think so. I mean, they're, they're strong in States. Uh, yeah. Franchises are strong in States and, and it's going, it will take some States longer than others. Uh, well, they're um, going to do a Tesla does, right? They're just delivery centers. They're not dealerships. Ours in Utah, they're, service, they're delivered, service, they're delivered service. at a service center, which is registered as a used car. So huh. I don't know how that works, but they deliver new ones in our state without a new car license. No idea. Um, here's my argument. If something goes wrong, if something is out of the ordinary, if you don't fit into each one of their steps, it is insanely hard to deal with them. Nobody can say, nobody has a direct answer. No one has the say to go around and outside of the norm to get things done. So that's my issue. Think about dealing with corporate, dealing with the big, you know, some guy in a call center in LA because you have to change your delivery date or it showed up with the wrong tires or the color's wrong or some small issue with your financing had a snag. Like it, that part is brain damage. Uh, well, well, hold on. I, I'm going to push back on that because I would get texts if I didn't do something right. And I can text back and forth. So um, I submitted a document for financing and they said, well, hold on, that document is not going to work. And they, they sent me a text message. And so I said, well, okay, what do you want? They tell me, I sent it to them email and boom, it's done. Like approved within seconds. So I didn't have a, I didn't have a problem there. Now I, you're probably right. It's not like going to uh, Jim Neal's Pontiac and, and, you know, Paducah, Iowa and, you know, and talking to him directly. Yeah. You're not going to yeah. talk to Elon Musk. That was the first thing I really want to know. Did you get to see <laughs> and I said, no, baby, no. Um, but I, yeah. I tell you, the process was great. But you've got to follow their process. This document doesn't work. Get us a better one. Okay, let me go get it and upload it. You know, and it's like, no, no, that's all the proof of income I have. Like, we need this to work. Or, hey, I'm I'm tax exempt. Can we deliver this car tax exempt? Because I want to register it in my business's name. That just like blew their brains. They, they cannot they figure that my... out. <laughs> They deliver mine taxes. I do not believe it. They did. And mm. well, I think I think the luck I had and I was picking it up in North Carolina and I'm a South Carolina resident. And so I think that's how I got lucky. Yeah, I tried to do that. They did not go for it here in the state of Utah. I tried to pick it up out of state to say, hey, no, I'm not a Nevada resident. I'll pay tax back in Utah when I get home. And they're like, no, no, you can't do that. You have to take delivery in Utah and we got to collect your sales tax. And they just like blew their brains. So anyways, that's my argument. Other than that, it's super cool. Like I know uh, my buddy, he had his service done the other day. He dropped it off, didn't talk to anyone. Parked the car in the parking lot, left. They did the service. They notify him by the app. He shows up, pays for his bill via the app. They give him a code to get back into his car. He gets back into his car and drives away. So that's neat. Uh, you know, what I noticed, so um, 
during that time when I ordered this car, I was looking into possibly ordering a Rivian, a Lucid, and a couple other things. And um, there will be a year or more on a Rivian. And Lucid, I'm just not quite there yet on. But back then, when I was ordering these things, they would give me a price, and Tesla price. So I knew exactly what I was paying. Well, since then, Tesla is a $4,000 car I bought. But since then, also, Rivian will not even give you a price. Neither yeah. will Lucid on their cars. They will, They say this. They say, give me $1,000, and and then we'll tell you when you can build it out. Yeah, yeah. And if you want it, we'll sell it to you at whatever price we have. And if you don't want it, we'll sell it to the next guy. And conveniently enough, they all jacked up their prices by $7,500 to match the tax credit that came out which for your case, you wouldn't even qualify. So there was no point in you pushing your delivery off till next year and trying to get a tax credit. Might as well have just taken it. Yeah, what the heck? Yeah, so I think for us as dealers, it's a long ways down the road, right? I don't plan on carrying electric cars or buy here, pay here electric cars for a very long time. A, they're not cost-effective and probably won't be for a very long time. B, servicing them. The new, the older, like the first versions of these electric cars, you know, I've had an electric Kia Soul. We've had an electric Golf. We've had um, the electric Focus that I've sold here. Junk, just such a hassle. They just crammed a battery into a gas car and tried to call it electric with all these off the shelf parts that don't talk to each other. And then when one breaks, they can't get it because it was only produced for like, two months to get these like 2000 electric focuses on the road. So you've got a bunch of bricked electric cars. The Kia Soul was the best one, even though it only had like a 60 mile range. That well, I think is the best early version, which could actually be a buy here, pay here car. Their engines are so bad. Effective. Their engines are so bad anyway. And the gas ones, they need to put an electric motor in there. Uh, you do not talk bad about a Kia Soul. I don't. I don't me. sell them. They're horrible. horrible I buy cars, them so. by the dozens. I will take them all. <laughs> we we sell them like we're selling ice to an Egyptian. They go so fast. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, um, I, let, let's get let's go down that that EV because I can argue that we will be selling them sooner than later. Um, but I think that Tesla is so far ahead of everybody. Um that I, I don't even know at what point we won't be, I mean, at what point we'll come to people who uh, come to me to buy cars, right? So, hey, right. I want to use Tesla, then I will sell it, not, not necessarily buy here, pay here, but um, it, it's sooner than later. I, I, I just feel that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, why. I've sold quite it's a few that I drive personally, but they're 50,000, you know, $80,000 cars. So they don't fit yeah. my demographic. I'm not buying a ton of them. Yes people want them yes as long as they're under warranty obviously tesla's way ahead of the game because they worked out the bugs i would not buy a first version f-150 i would not buy a, a, a version one lyric i would not buy they've got a couple of years to work the bugs out on those cars well, not to mention we're not even discussing self-driving capability not yet. for me i don't care about saving the planet this is not an environmental play for me i will kick a squirrel right in the face and i will burn a pile of tires <laughs> in my backyard before i have to pay to have them hauled off like i don't i will dump oil straight down the drain if it's close enough oh to my me. gosh i, I don't care 
So this EPA, is, I do I do not do that. That's Jeff Watson, four seasons. Not, <laughs> not I'm kidding. You know what I'm this is not an environmental play for me. This is strictly ease of use, low maintenance, and performance. So if I have a car that is steps away, months, maybe years away from driving itself from point A to point B with very little to no intervention by me, I'm 100% in, man. I, I agree with that. I think that's, man, that's so, so possible for our consumer, the buy here, pay here consumer. If they, if they did not have to own a car, but could have a subscription model with EVs that pick them up, take them to work, do what they need to do, man, it would save them so much money and make us so much money because we could just have fleets of cars that go and pick. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're a buy here, pay here model, but you're just buy here, pay here transportation, you know, and you've got your own fleet that you manage and you recruit folks and blah, 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 compete with Uber for self-driving robo-taxis. Luke, what are you seeing in the wholesale markets? I am seeing a lot more inventory. I have a couple of set searches that I look at OBE and back lots and man, there is a lot more cars out there. There is. Uh, we have bought, we can buy anything we want to buy right now. Uh, prices, I feel, have dropped. 20% from their high. Um, that's 20%. Um, but they were probably up 40 and 60%. Still the really, really nice specialty car still bringing money sometimes. But everything else I think is kind of leveling out. And I think it's going to level out through the first of the year. Um, and then we'll get this, we'll probably get the spike back in February, but it'll, I think, I think we're on the backside of this inflation, uh, car inflation deal. Hmm. So your your angle or input or attitude would be it's okay to buy right now. Things are soft. They're not going to get substantially more soft. In fact, they could level out and or tick back up as we get closer to tax time. Yeah, I think so. I I don't see. Uh, there's no way there can be substantial drop because when you ride by new car stores, they're still about empty. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. They've got to keep. The, they've got to keep the door open. I don't think new cars are being delivered anywhere near the volume that they expected them to be at this time. And, no, but and I, I don't know if I have any facts on that, but I, I had a friend who uh, drove his kid up to see his grandparents in, um, in Indiana and they had to drive by the Ford F-150 plant in Kentucky or somewhere right around there. He said there were, I mean, I think he said a mile or more of F-150s along the interstate and they were like 300 yards deep. <laughs> so Whoa. He's, he said, there's, and they're just sitting there. So they're waiting on chips. You know, as soon as those chips arrive, that's a bunch of trucks being delivered. But how long is it going to take to put those chips, you know, those those in the car and get them delivered? So, yeah. You know, Do they rebadge them? Do they revin them? No. They've already, they've already been. So they'll all be delivered there. as 2022s in 2023? Probably. I mean, that's going to be confusing, right? Uh, There's still a new car. There's still a new car. I, you know, back in the day, you could walk into a new car store um, and buy a two-year-old new car. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know that it would – I don't know it's going to be that much difference. They're not going to get the, the price that they want, mm. but – yeah. yeah, it seems like if those chips do start delivering, they will start pushing those onto new car stores lots so that they're not storing them at the speedway 
And then all of a sudden these new car stores are going to start getting competitive because all of a sudden they have 50 F-150 sitting, taking up all this space and flooring line. And we're going to be back to the old model of OEMs shoving inventory and, onto and may, new car lots. Yeah. And maybe I told you this, um, I was up in Rhode Island a couple of weeks ago and I was at the port there in Rhode Island and there were cars as far as you could see. So, mm. you know, there are cars. I just don't know if they're in the right spots. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. So it's not going to be, uh, demand has slowed. So stores will start building back inventory. Yeah. But it's not going to be a cliff. I, I, I don't And crazy more expensive. I mean, looking to get my wife an SUV, geez, Louise, man, 80 grand, a hundred grand is like, a st and that's a used, you know, Denali or a used Grand Wagoneer. Like, geez, Louise, man, it's insane. And we just yeah. accepted it. You can't, um, I mean, I don't think you could buy a new Suburban for less than 80, could you? Yeah, no. And I, my kids will be freaking climbing all over the seats with their cleats and dropping ice cream on it and tearing the thing up. I just, I can't even stomach it. So, and what's great, and what's great when you buy the new one, they don't come with backup, uh, backup sensors or any of that. They have There's to, they gotta, they don't have the chips to make them work. What in the world? Uh, so it's crazy times we live in, Luke. We got taxes coming up, tax planning. Um, this is a good time to talk about Buckeye. Get your reinsurance company funded with as much dollars as you can, right? Because we all know the IRS is coming after you. We're going to have some episodes next week and the week after to talk about some of these IRS changes and some of the fun things you can do with your reinsurance company to fund it, but then also to get the money back out of it, right? Legal tax-wise? Yeah, there's plenty of ways to get your money out. Yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of ways to get your... Sorry, can you hear me, Jeff? My internet sucks today, everybody. Sorry. He spent all his money on his <laughs> Tesla, so he can't afford to have good internet <laughs> anymore. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to have Rob on and some guys to talk next week about how to get the reinsurance money back out, how to borrow it back to your business legally, which is kind of the, the cherry on top of the reinsurance well, pie, right? Yeah, you know, I've done both. Um, and Buckeye is the place to go for your reinsurance, but I've done both. I've loaned money to to our company and you have to loan it through your uh, through the people who own the reinsurance company, loan back your company. Uh, we've done that. And I've also taken distributions from our warranty company after we've had money sitting there for a long time, mm. just because I'm not sure that we're going to ever be in the current tax advantage state we are with long-term capital gains. And so we took it out at 20% capital gains hit compared to a 37% uh, real gain. So um, it's there's so many good ways to use your reinsurance company and to use it as a tax planning method. And we are heading into the fourth quarter. So you need to start thinking about that right now. Yeah, you're doing a lot of stuff right now. This is kind of the dog days of summer where we have a little bit of time. Uh, for us, sales have stayed pretty strong, so so we're still pretty busy around here. But for me, it's it's I coming. Am, it, it's coming. <laughs> I'm looking at the fun stuff to keep my dealership going. Right, I'm looking at uh, continuing to build out my policies and procedures manual. Um, I'm doing some housekeeping items around the car lot, as far as like you know, my lighting, my balloons, my signage, uh, little things and little upgrades that just keep the your car lot looking exciting, inviting, those types of things. 
Yeah, you know, if you got capital expenditures, it's a very good time of the year to start taking those. Um, if you've been putting off uh, putting in LED lights or a new sign or something, you can write those off typically in one year. So great time to start just writing down, just make a list of the things that you want to get done to make your lot look better or buy that tow truck or whatever. You know, it's a good time of the year to start thinking about it. Or even fix your processes. You know, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm switching CRMs right now. I'm, uh, you know, going to explore a new accountant. Um, I'm going to, uh, you know, like I said, my policy and procedure manual, I'm trying to get that built out better. So it is a great time to look at your numbers, uh, your payroll, man, look at your payroll. Who, who are you using for payroll? What's it costing you? And, and do you have everyone at the right pay structure? Um, I cannot believe I thought, again, we harp on this all the time, but I thought $15 an hour was like competitive in my market. And then I drove past freaking Domino's and they're offering little snot nose that face kids $15 an hour to pack pizza boxes. <laughs> like that's who I'm, that's not the labor pool I want. <laughs> yeah. You can't hire anybody good for less than 17 an hour. And like know, 20, they work, like, yeah, they're going to work in the shop. It's $22 an hour. So uh, yeah, that, that day uh, is gone. I was so what you've got to be careful is you can't put an ad out there that says, hey, I'm hiring XYZ for $20 an hour. And then your current customer, your current employee is like, well, I'm making 17 or I'm making 15. What are you talking about? You're going to hire this new person five well, bucks more than me? Ooh, you should have, you should have, well, you should have already adjusted your, your in-house staff with, the, if not, you probably lost them. Well, of course uh, I haven't said anything. I'm not going to talk to them about a raise until they ask, right? No, no. <laughs> got to be proactive on that, Jeff. If not, you're going to lose people. And uh, it, it happens. It happened to us because we got this time last year got caught with our pants down. Yeah, you, you do not want to. And, and that applies specifically to collectors, right? I mean, very, very important. And I think when we talk about all this stuff, we sometimes take our eye off that prize of, oh, man, I'm so worried about inventory and parts and uh, employees and all these things. But it's like, man, have, have I given my collector and my collections department any attention in the last six months? 12 months. I've been so worried about getting cars and getting them cheaper. I haven't even, I haven't even taken deep dives and look at static pools or collector numbers or training. Like that's uh, that, that was a realization I had in May. Um, I, I had already worked on her, her pay because I, I didn't want to lose her and uh, my, my collection manager. And I started looking at some numbers in May and really I've got a plan every week on how I work collections. And the only thing I do when it comes to working collections is work my collection manager. Mm. But I have certain reports I pull daily and then I compile a, um, a collector's report that I that I send out Monday morning to everybody that works in collections. It says, this is what we did good last week. This is what we didn't do good last week. These are troubled accounts we need to work on. Uh, this is your delinquency. This is your recency. This is mm -hmm. your promise to pay percentage paid. We got to get that up. We got, or we're doing good. You know, these are all the things that you need to be making sure that you're managing your collectors and you, you need to manage yourself, to make sure you manage them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time too to audit your GPSs. I know that the 3G expiration, you know, there's been some talk about that. I'm pretty sure if you've been keeping up on your GPSs and renewing them, replacing them as needed, you shouldn't have much of a problem with that. Obviously, Pastime is a great sponsor of the podcast and everything they've shipped for the last, I don't know, 
As far as I can remember, yeah. Yeah, it is a 4G, 5G compatible device. So you shouldn't have many problems with that. It may be some of your real legacy customers that you've had for a minute or two on some of those old bricks with the backup batteries you might want to look into. Yeah, and, and also when you're doing that is to look into uh, your the uh, repos that you resold because they mm. may have a really old GPS on them. So make sure you're doing that. Uh, but Pastime is such a partner in our industry. Uh, they, uh, we talked about it last week with lease here, pay here. It doesn't matter what type of business you're in. There's a solution that Pastime can help you with. Um, and their reports are very good. So if you need to go in there and, and figure something out uh, to verify your GPSs are working, there's a report in their back end that can let you do that as well. Yep. And then you get the customer in for a free oil change or a service visit or some reason, and you just drop a little wireless GPS right inside the headrest of the car and, and you're up and running again. If you need to. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Um, Luke, what else are you doing this time of year to make sure you're using your time wisely? You know, like you're talking about dog days of summer and, and they can be really monotonous here in South Carolina. Back to school. It's stupidly hot. It's actually not hot today, but um, so you have a lot of free time on your hands. And what I've done, done, like you're talking about, going back to basics, make sure I'm using my time wisely. Uh, make sure I have a plan together for my assistant general manager. What is he doing with his time? Um, taking those things that I shouldn't be doing and, and putting them on the people who should be doing them. You're delegating. We talked about that in the newsletter mm -hmm. um, because those are the things that can make you money in the long run. I'm finding my who, Jeff. I'm not. I'm not trying to do all the hows. Not the house, but the who. Not the house, but the who's, and finding my who's to do what what needs to get done. Yeah, it's a good time to learn too, and that'd be my plug for our newsletter that goes out every Sunday. Uh, you know, practical tips uh, that we try to give out to help you guys know. You know, here's one small area of your dealership you can focus on, whether it's firing employees or hiring or delegating or building a structure. And here's a small task you can do this week that will help you get a little bit closer to being a little more well-run. You know? Yeah, this, yep. So this, sign this up week, for the newsletter. Yeah. And Luke, I also wanted to plug, there's a lot of other good resources. So obviously you guys listen to our podcast. I was listening to uh, Maggie from CM, CMC Coaching, CM Coaching. Um, she's always around at the industry, always helping out. Uh, CNM Coaching. She puts out a good podcast too. That's short. It's 10, 15 minutes. Uh, it's on call training. So sales, BDC, collections. That's great. Yeah. yeah. You find some good episodes and you just forward it over to your collector. Say, hey, check this out. Subscribe to this. Be listening to this. And now you're learning. Your team's learning. Um, the Rhodes, Jim Rhodes. We were on his morning show the other day, which... Um, we will try to tack this on that on the end of this podcast. So if you have stuck around this far, uh, stick around a little bit longer and you'll hear that uh, fun little interview we did with uh, Jim and Michelle Rhodes. And all these are free, Jeff. That's what's so great about that. Um, free ways to, to get better um, to no matter what kind of business you're running. So uh, use them. Yep. Cool, Luke. I got to run. I think everyone else has got to run. So if you do stick around, we're going to tack the uh, Jim Rhodes Octane uh, Morning Show. Uh, I don't remember what they call it. I think that's right. The Morning Show. Yeah, the Morning Show. They do every Friday. So uh, guys, have a great week. Hope everyone sells. Ton of cars. We are so happy that uh, we could have both um, Luke Godwin, Jeff Watson from the Independent Dealers Podcast. Yay! Wait, hold on. Hold on. The applause. Okay.
and the crowd goes wild. The yes, crowd yeah. does go wild. You know, it's so much fun having one of these boards that has like all these really fun effects that we can use when we, yeah. we want to. And um, so first off, guys, I'm a fan. I'm a pretty big fan. I really, really love what you guys are doing. I love the content of, um, you know, how valuable uh, what it is you guys are talking about uh, for dealers out there. And, um, and yeah, it's just, I, I plug, plug, plug. I think that the last one I, I talked about that everyone should listen to were the three ways that you're losing money. Mm -hmm. um, I forget the exact title right now, but. The one with Steve Karsten. Yeah. Yeah. So good such a great such a great podcast um so yeah so we got a uh, ton of stuff to talk about today i i'm in in particular i'm looking forward to uh learning kind of how your podcast came to be uh, a thing uh, michelle loves telling the story about how our morning show came to be so i'll let her tell that story afterwards but also i know i saw a mention out there that um Carrie Watkins was going to be tuning in, looking forward to getting educated. So she knew we had some smart guys on. So Jeff, I'll be okay, counting on you to say something smart something. first. <laughs> we'll have you say something smart first, and then we'll go to Luke. So <laughs> smart, you you do listen to the podcast, so you do know. That's... Yeah, no, you guys, uh, we'll have some fun today. I think um, we wanted to uh, jump into a couple things, well, and I, I wanted let to let them know how they got it started. Oh yeah. yeah so uh, Jeff, why don't you tell the story about, uh, so which one of you said we should do a podcast or was it a wife? Was it a 20 group? How'd this happen? <laughs> so it was uh, November, 2018. And, uh, I'm a big, big audio fan. I don't, my attention span for he reading. Can't, is he, can't read. so. he can't read. He can't read. It's the big words that get me. So, um, the, I listen to a lot of audio books or, you know, audio podcasts and, you know, uh, Cardone and Gary Vee and Bigger Pockets and all those mm -hmm. were, were big at the time. And I thought, you know, there's not really a strong uh, car dealer education type podcast. You know, I think uh, Cirillo had his and there was maybe a couple other small ones. And <clears throat> so I reached out to uh, the Facebook group. We have a kind of a closed dealer only Facebook group called The Independent Dealer. And uh, I thought, you know, who can I find in here that is both smart, charismatic, well-connected, mm -hmm. attractive, and would be a great co-host. So he reached out to Dan Real first. <laughs> <laughs> so after Dan Real shot me down, oh, God. I had to settle for me. I went for someone with more of a radio face, <laughs> and, uh, and I found Luke. Oh, right. And uh, yeah, it's kind of funny to... Uh, a couple of months ago, I went back and looked at our early conversation and, and it pretty much flowed the exact same way in the first couple of emails as it still does today, which is, dude, where are you at? Where are you at? Are you serious about this? Are you going to do it? Are you getting on? Where are you at? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and we finally corralled them into it. So it's been good. Yes. Yes. About to be four years. So, so I'm mean, still enjoying it. I, I'm kind of with Jeff. I was a huge podcast fan. Uh, I've been listening to podcasts, I, I guess, since they came out. Um, I remember downloading them onto um, my iPod. How long ago was that? Um, mm -hmm. And and using a tape deck in my car so I could plug, you know, use the tape deck and actually plug it into my pod uh, to my mm -hmm. iPod and listening. Mm -hmm. So I've been listening to, to podcasts forever, and and really going back and forth to auctions years ago, enjoyed it. Uh, I, 
I tried to learn to speak a different language, but that never worked. But um, anyway, so I was kind of as soon as Jeff brought it up, I, I never even thought about it. And I just thought, yeah, I, this is something I want to do. And I, you know, I, Jeff is the brains behind it. I'm the face uh, and the voice. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, thanks, Jeff. Yeah. I hadn't said that. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Um, uh, Amanda, yes, it is Kramer. We've been in that office, at <laughs> Luke's office. Um, and yes, uh, that was one of the first things I asked when um, I was like, is that Kramer? That's Kramer. And right. yeah. And yes. we've also been to Jeff's place in Southern Utah. I so haven't. Yeah. You have. I thought you. No, oh, I, I didn't go no, with didn't you. Have, yeah. Yeah. That's we, right. we were We were doing our RV tour. Yeah. And I just fin finished a stint in Zion's National Park, and then mm -hmm. we were just kind of doing laundry in we St. George. We should probably <laughs> clarify: we were near national or near the park. I don't think you can camp in the park. So. You may have been. You may be of one one of two people that have been coast to coast in both studios. Hmm. Oh yeah, how about that? Yeah. Wow, that's a pretty. We should get a star, some kind of badge yeah, been put on the website, <laughs> sticker on the back of your RV or something. There would yeah. only be. I mean, there's only probably a couple other people. I, you know, there's a lot of people that come here. Right. Uh -huh. But uh, getting to Jeff is a little harder. I'm well, a little we nicer. To, I went I'm a little to, nicer to vendors anyway. We headed over to Luke's because we couldn't get approved at Jeff's place. And so <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. So that's, I mean, really the philosophy of the podcast is Luke and I, I mean, we're not experts. I don't, we don't claim to be, we're not accountants. We're not lawyers. We have no professional uh, education, but we're, we're like, we're the reporters, right? We're, we're curious. We're um, we like to ask the questions. We like to find out the answers, not only for ourselves and our own operations, but you know, mm -hmm. people that talk to us or ask questions of us like well hey I, I don't know how that works i don't know what that's supposed to be but let us go find the experts that do know that mm -hmm. do study yeah. it that do have the answers and so kind of look at ourselves as like the news reporters of the you know car business yeah what's i mean that's a great point i've probably learned more being on the podcast and had more opportunities about being on the podcast than ever before mm -hmm. in the car in the car business and um i mean don't get me wrong before i was on the podcast i was speaking a little bit and doing a couple of things but nothing nothing to the to this extent and uh, just the knowledge uh, we get and our network has grown so much by doing this. Uh, it's benefited my bottom line. It's benefited me as a person, really. So uh, it's, you know, it's kind of selfish to do it, honestly, Jeff. Yeah. So you, you guys, you said you knew each other through a 20 group. Is that right? No, no. we didn't know. We, we, didn't, we didn't know each other at all uh, when Jeff reached out. I was like, who's, who's this Yahoo? Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I've been a is history. <laughs> I've been a I've been a convention, uh, you know, participator, and uh, for years at that point, I guess I probably started going to conventions in uh, 2010 yeah. or so. So I've been to national conventions since 2010, um, a couple state conventions by then. So I knew a lot of dealers mm -hmm. uh, because of my involvement. Uh, with NIADA and I'd never met Jeff. And I was like, well, who's this guy? You know, mm -hmm. uh, Utah. I didn't even know there was dealers in Utah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, we, you know, we, we formed a fast friendship and then we, then we were in the same 20 group. Now we're not, but, uh, yeah. Okay. There, well, I have to say as a listener, there's a really great chemistry between you two. Oh, it's yeah, kind of, sure. it's, it's fun to listen to the banter and, and all of that. You guys seem to really, uh, you you play well together. 
well, it's easy. When, it's easy when you don't like each other. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's easy when you know you're always right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, that helps. We'll let you guys decide who's always right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So yeah, Michelle, you didn't tell the story about how our little morning show came to be. Did uh, have you guys you're familiar with how our little morning show came? Of course, about? they listen every morning. Oh, I show. know because they do listen every morning, right? Yeah. Um, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, we had already, uh, we'd already started the the tote the note um, podcast. And it, which is kind of like our 60 minutes. It's a little bit more heavy, um, the heavy education mm -hmm. kind of, of podcast. Um, and for those of you who want to see everything we've got out there pretty much. So you can find it all on YouTube. We only have a few right now on our syndicated station. So there's my plug. So we, um, we were sitting in our newly updated podcast studio for tote the note and we're just playing on a Saturday. We're just, we got the headphones on, we got the mics on and we're listening to each other. It's like, this is really cool. And then I turned over and I looked at Jim and I said, we should do a morning show. And Jim's like, we should do a morning show. So this was a Saturday and our first broadcast was Wednesday. Yeah. And, um, and so we've just been, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 9 a.m. Yeah. Eastern. Even when we went to NIEDA, it was 6 a.m. out there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> people don't, uh, you know, and, and people may, but I don't think people in general understand the amount of work that goes in to do um, a morning show or a mm -hmm. one week podcast and the commitment mm -hmm. that, that you have to do. Um, I remember mm -hmm. at the very first, uh, maybe in the first four or five weeks, Jeff, I said something to Jeff, well, hey, we can just take this week off. He's like, uh, -uh that's, that's not mm -hmm. how this works. You have to be very consistent and you have to keep it going. And, um, and luckily we've built enough content that we can. And I don't know that we've ever really recycled anything. Have we Jeff? Yeah, I'm trying to think back. I don't know that we've ever missed a week. I do think we've repeated one. And every so often we have to go to like the highlight reel where it's like, oh, we didn't even have time. Let me grab some old episodes and piece them together into something. So we've done that once or twice. But it, I do remember, I think around maybe the 18 month mark, we I felt like we were in a bit of a lull where yeah. I was like, oh, shiz, man, we have covered everything. What do we do now? Well, then we started COVID. But oh, you helped. guys started COVID? <laughs> <laughs> now we know. <laughs> so, uh, but now I feel like I'm I'm back. I'm back at like it's like it's month two. Like we've got so many topics and so many oh, ideas yeah. to cover that right? it's like, oh man, it's silly right. that you're like, well, let's buy here, pay here, or it's the used car industry, or it's what do you there's a million things and there's always going to be a million things because it's ever changing. Your philosophies are changing. The details are changing. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it is kind of silly that we can just talk about this industry for hours and hours. And there's so many new people we meet that, that can be on and, and get a good interview. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, just shut up and let them talk. There will be new topics come up on Facebook today. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's you, like just, oh, you just got to kind of yeah. see what uh, what's <laughs> happening out there and keep up with the dialogue because that's what i say to michelle we will not run out of stuff to we've talk had about, so many you know? people say you how are you going to keep having content i mean what are you going to talk about it's like oh it's easy it's yeah. easy yeah there's just there's plenty and there's just always something new whether it's yeah. going to be the new industry news or these latest mm -hmm. conversations because you know there are we we just find that there's stuff that mm -hmm. comes up inside those groups where 
you know, there's, there's both sides of a, of a situation and maybe it's a repo situation or whatever, you know, and for, for us, we're, we're keeping our morning show down yeah. to about 30 minutes. And so we just kind of want to keep that yeah. you know, pretty brief. And, and I do want to, um, I do want to, uh, agree with you, with y'all. It is a lot of work to yeah. do one of these. That's why I'm going to um, When I, when I say the easy the part, yeah. When I say the easy part, it's just like coming up with topics. Like who can we talk? That's that's more that's the easy, just like the brainstorming. But then you have to orchestrate who's coming, when are they coming? Do they have the proper links? Do mm -hmm. we, you know, what do we do with this after we're done recording? Are we all going to be there? Luckily, and I I don't know if you guys have have experienced this that we've um there's there was one at the very beginning it was kind of a rough start because we started like. Yeah, it was a rough start. Um, I went to Disney World with a good friend, and I was there for a Wednesday broadcast and a Friday broadcast. And so Jim did him by himself. <laughs> and on, so, on a dial-up connection. On so. a dial-up connection. It was yeah. burp, <laughs> burp, burp, burp. <laughs> Terrible, terrible internet. Mm -hmm. I mean, people don't get to see behind the scenes. And, and I'll tell this story on Jeff just because uh, I think it's funny. Uh, <laughs> Carrie Watkins, who's uh, hopefully watching and listening, um, I, I think I saw her a second ago. We uh, one of the first years we did how I built this, or maybe the second year. Um, Carrie woke up, got all dressed up and makeup on, and all this, and and um, we recorded the entire thing. Um, I mean, <laughs> it was it was great. I'm sorry, we didn't record the entire thing. We we, <laughs> we did the we did the entire interview. And then at the very, like, Carrie jumps off, and then Jeff goes, I didn't press record. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know Carrie at the time. So I was like, can we call her back and do this oh, again? <laughs> like, we did it, but we just never aired it. It was it was Gordy Tormolin in our case. Yes, it was Gordy Tormolin in our case. Uh, yeah. I mean, there. it was brutal, and I and I was like, "Oh my God, Jeff, what in the world?" And so we uh, we were able, you know, thank goodness, Carrie is a good sport and uh, a good friend of ours, uh, both of yeah. us now, and and so we're just like, Carrie, um, you're gonna hate us, but this yeah. we've got to redo this, and and yeah. she was she was a good sport, so thank she's you, gracious. Carrie. That is yeah. the fear. So I don't, I don't want to miss the opportunity to talk to you guys about kind of, I know that, that uh, you guys are in this for uh, similar reasons and, and really it's about education and, and reaching more people out there. Michelle and I have kind of a newfound motivation to do what we can to help reach those, you know, approximately 18,000 buy here, pay here dealers that are not very engaged at this point in time. You know, they're just, we, we go to the conferences and you guys know, we see the same, you know, a few thousand people, uh, sometimes the same few hundred people. And so we just recognize there's a whole group out there that's just mm -hmm. missing out on being connected to the conferences and just education as a whole. And you guys deliver some fantastic education. And so I think that's part of the motivation here. So I wanted to shift over and kind of talk a little bit about what you see about the industry. Do you guys you share that perspective about, you know, just a lot of people not plugged in? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, um, this is something that state and national uh, associations have been going through for years. And it's, um, I'm not sure that we're ever going to have 50% engagement. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure we're going to ever have 25% engagement when it comes to, uh, to dealers. Mm -hmm. There's really some very small dealers. Uh, there's some really big dealers who, you know, some of the big dealers think they know what they're doing. They don't need, they don't need to listen mm -hmm. to us or don't need to, to go to convention, this, that, and other. Then there's some really small dealers that just don't know. 
Mm -hmm. uh, I think what we're doing, both uh, y'all and and us and uh, other breakoff type associations are trying to bring some more of that into the fold. I don't know that's ever going to be more participation than what we currently have, but we're going to try, right, Jeff? Yeah, I think that's probably it. I mean, you look at any industry and there's probably 10 or 20% of the people functioning in that industry that care to be involved with any kind of formal right. education if they don't have mm -hmm. to. If they're not forced mm -hmm. to do continuing education or some sort of thing. They just don't, you know, I think about any other industry I'm involved with and it's a very small fraction of the people in that industry that care to learn through conventions or podcasts or communities. So it is what it is, but yeah, we're hoping that we're reaching the few that do that get on iTunes and search up. Oh yeah. How can I learn about buy here, pay here or get on YouTube and want to learn about something, how to run their dealership better. Um, and, and hopefully that, Oh wait, there's a whole podcast for this or oh, there's a whole YouTube channel community that's built around bettering my dealership. So, you know, by having it there, at least it's an option for people to someday okay. discover if they decide to get curious. It's, it's amazing the amount of people. I mean, you talk about, we've been on for four years. It's amazing the amount of people when you go to convention and uh, I mean, I just figure people know who I am. So I, I'm kind of oblivious at, at times, which is probably not the best. So people, I'll start talking to somebody and then somebody will say, Oh, I, I recognize your voice. I know who you are. And then the next guy standing next to him goes, what are you talking about? A podcast? You know, what, are, what is this? So um, the amount of people you even meet at convention that don't even know what we do. And then the amount of people that, that we reach that don't know about convention. So it's a, it's a huge, mm -hmm. uh, it's an overlap there that we're still exploring, I think. Yeah. I, and I love, I love what you, um, what you mentioned Jeff, as you know, the, the there's not a lot of people that tap into the formal education. And basically what you're doing, what we're doing with a podcast is kind of informal education. It's like fun and entertaining at the same time. And so we really do have the a, a different kind of an opportunity than the conventions do to be able to 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 pull people in and and it's like just you know, listen, have some fun, learn a couple of things and then go about your day. You don't, you know, and, and I know for Jim and I on, on this podcast specifically is that we, we, because we have a little, we have a different format than the independent dealers podcast where it's more just conversational and, you know, a couple of, a few days a week that it's kind of more like good morning America is what we've um, something like that where we can, Hey guys, the, the, the thing is happening. You can still register and let's go to do the thing. And, and, and so it's just, I really love that we, that the, what you guys are doing, what, what it is that we're trying to do too, is just like, let's just have some fun and let's just get people tapped in somehow. Let's get them involved somehow, even if it is just for the entertainment factor, because, you know, you hear the stories and the, the fun stuff, and it's it's a great way to get people starting to get tapped in. Yeah, and I would just share that, uh, you know, Michelle and I announced on Wednesday, we, we announced some time ago that we're marching ahead with uh, the BHPH Nation. So right now it's just a landing page and you can pre-register with an email. But what we're building there is a platform that we believe will be of benefit to Lots and lots of dealers. And, and, and the best example I can give you the way we intend for that to work is have 
all the resources. Somebody hits BHPH Nation and they'll be able to, you know, find all the registration information for their state associations. They'll be able to find the independent dealer podcast there. They'll be able to find, you know, all kinds of education. Um, and so there'll, there'll be a whole platform there that we think will be a benefit. And we, we announced on Wednesday, we're making that a nonprofit. So it's like, we, we're just trying to make it clear. We're not doing this for Jim and Michelle. This is about the industry. the industry. We're inviting yeah. everybody, including you guys, to join us and help and, so, you know, create so that. So can I ask them? You guys, you guys willing to have your podcast listed there? Hey, Come we're, we're, we're fine with the podcast being listed anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, what's, what's funny is, you, you know, you don't have to do everything for money. You know, it's, it's one of those <laughs> things. It's like, uh, the, if you build it, they will come, right? I mean, yeah. so it's it's about getting content out there. And I, yeah. it's a good thing y'all are doing because there needs to be that. more education. Yeah. We're, and so we're just trying to make sure all the associations are invited to join us. We're not trying to do anything that's going to be anything but a help to the entire industry. And if we can build something that just makes it easier to people for people to find all the stuff in one place. Mm -hmm. That's the idea, really. It's as simple as that. And so we're just, we're prepared to commit to build it. We're putting our resources into getting the thing built. And then we're just trying to make sure everybody knows this is not meant to be a threat to anyone. And no. the best way we knew to explain yeah. that was just, it's going to be a nonprofit. Yeah. We're, we're not in it for the money. Absolutely. Um, uh, one last question we kind of wanted to, to cover with you guys is, um, and Jim put on here, we probably won't have time to get mm -hmm. to this, but um, observations. Why buy here, pay here, dealers fail? Why, if, if you guys have any any um, input, because I know you've inter interviewed a lot of people and I've seen a lot of, um, of uh, things happen in the industry since you guys started your podcast and since you started bringing people on and you're trying to educate and all of that. Is, what are some of your insights about how or why? And before you answer, I'll share with you that um, I'm recording with Brent Carmichael this, this afternoon, a session on that subject. So, yeah. you know, obviously Brent's yeah. been a lot of places and seen a lot of that stuff. And, and I've seen some of that myself, but obviously we want to get you guys feedback on that as well. Take it first, Jeff, and then I'll- You know, I love this topic. Um, Gloom and doom Jeff, as I call him. <laughs> <laughs> well, here it is. I think it's realist. You know, I think it's it's one of those things where you've got to know what not to do. You've got to know where your weaknesses are to know what could take you down. When 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 I say when when you ask me, Jim, how do buy here, pay here, dealers fail? I don't know. It's probably happening to me right now. And that's <laughs> what, it's honestly the scariest thing about this whole industry, and even one of the scariest things about hosting a podcast and putting all this on record is that someday myself and or my banker, the lawyers, the FBI, or the SEC could go back and listen to all of this and have quite a case as to explain why I, why I tanked and went under um, <laughs> <laughs> through my own admissions in my podcast. But, wow. but no, seriously, it's, it is, I love the cautionary tales because it tells me what to look out for. We always talk about, oh, that guy's making great money and he's selling these cars and he's living this lifestyle and everything's wonderful. But it's like, well, yeah, he's leveraged to the hilt and he doesn't have cash controls and his manager's right. stealing from him and he doesn't have a good turn time. So yes, I love to hear about all those things. Um, how it's happening, this is my observation. Obviously through the pandemic and hard inventory times, we saw a lot of dealers get out because they just couldn't buy could not or would not buy the inventory at the inflated prices. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to buy that car. It's too expensive, blah, 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 right? So a lot of guys just got out of the game. 
Mm -hmm. uh, capital constraints will probably be the next thing. What I worry about is that we are so focused as dealers on our inventory and how hard it is to get cars and how hard it is to get parts and how hard it is to, you know, find good people that I, as a dealer, am not giving my collector the kind of attention and time that she needs to make sure my portfolio stays healthy. I'm mm -hmm. so busy in the shop trying to buy cars and trying to get cars to the front line that I'm not coaching her and educating her and looking at these problem children that could be quite a tidal wave of delinquencies coming if a couple of dominoes fall the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I heard a Bank of America did a, a survey over the last month or so, and uh, that's 38 percent of Americans are behind on their on their uh, their debt or behind on their their bills. And so um, I say that, uh, number one, I think the reason buy here, pay here, people go out of business because of capital, uh, lack of capital or lack of understanding of how to use the capital they are given by uh, by lenders. Right. Um, some of them get on hamster wheels and can't get off and then they quit selling as many and then they're dead. Um, so leverage is the, is the number one. Number two, I think is, is taking their eye off of their business as Jeff mm -hmm. was describing. Um, this is a hard business mm -hmm. and, um, I do not want to be in it forever because it is that hard. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm 20 years old. I look like I'm 80. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. We believe you, <laughs> but, but you know, it's, I've been doing, I've been doing the day to day of this. A hundred percent day to day from o, since oh one, and uh, probably twenty hours a week from ninety six to to oh one, and so I'm twenty one years in, and it is it's harder now than ever. It's gotten harder in the last year. Um, you lose focus. Uh, you don't go to conventions. You don't talk to other dealers. You you know you live in an echo chamber, and. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard business. Uh, if you don't have capital, if you don't have the proper funding, if you're overspending, if you're over leveraged, you're going to go out of business. And, that, and that's mm -hmm. what I see happening. Yeah, those are great points, gentlemen. I think, um, mm -hmm. you know, I think the leverage thing, we see that too. I, I talk a lot about people just moving too fast. I think there, there are businesses maybe where you can get away with that. Our business is just one that when you move too fast, it's hard to keep your eye on the, the, the target as mm -hmm. you talk about. And, and uh, so, yeah, it's, it, there's so many moving parts and what we do and buy here, pay here that, you know, if you, if you're going too fast, I just say, you know, you can race right off a cliff in this business if you're just not uh, paying attention. Going, going too fast is something that, I mean, oh my gosh, these, these people who get in business and don't have any capital and, and they're selling, you know, 16, 80 cars a month. Um, I've seen mm -hmm. those people die so fast, you know, two years and then everything hits the fan or even you know, less than that. That's a, that's a really good point, Jim. Yeah, you also Jeff see a lot of absentee owners. They think that they can get this thing up and running and then they can go, you know, vacation. And, and there's probably, I know there's some large buy here, pay here dealers that have got it figured out and they're living great lives and they're, they're, you know, vacation home down in the Bahamas and their whole operation just runs like a fine tuned machine, but I don't get it. I think more dealers get burned by starting to think they're making money. And so they're out playing and doing all these other things and they're not watching. Well, and happening. it's uh, what you're saying is, is that uh, what I'm kind of going down my own path on this one is that a dealer that's really, really successful, if they stay successful, it's because they still have a very, very good finger on the pulse of what is happening in their business. And there are some things you can do with that from a distance and there's other things you can't. Yeah. 
And I got to say, that's one of the bigger arguments that for 20 groups, you know, obviously 20 groups can be highly valuable and it's just, you know, getting, at least you get your numbers in front of you and, and you get to have other mm -hmm. people see your numbers. And so that's a lot of value. And just having that part, that piece alone is, is worth an awful lot to be able to know that other people are, are seeing this stuff. We, we've got, you know, kind of some built in accountability partners in that. And, and you get to hear some different ideas because sometimes, you know, to your point about we get we get blinders on, we get in there and we're, we're fighting the fight every day and we quit paying attention to some of the, the other pieces, you know. Yeah. And to, and, and to your guys' point, to have someone like Jim, someone like Bill Elizondo, someone like, you know, uh, Ben come into your dealership and train your people, um, mm -hmm. educate them, but also have, keep an eye on things, you know, yeah. a lot of a lot of you know, employees and, and owners, they have blind spots and right. the employees might know the owner has a blind spot, but if they know that Jim's going to be in their dealership quarterly doing a training on some new thing or looking at some new aspect or analyzing some new metric or key performance indicator that, you know, it's, a, you're able to sniff stuff out. Right. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like we'll invite people to, to join the, uh, the podcast. We get that recorded with Brent. We, uh, we look forward to his yeah. perspective on those things, but yeah, gentlemen, we, we appreciate you making time. We, uh, we, we kind of have to keep these around 30 minutes, you know, by the time people drive <laughs> into work, they got to get out of their car and get in the place. It's a Sesame and, street yeah. culture. Wait, yeah. so, <laughs> it's yeah. a little bit long, yeah. um, but we do appreciate you, yeah. you joining us. Thank Good you. information. And we, we look forward to having you on again one day soon. Thank y'all. Thanks. Dealers helping dealers. Please leave us a review and subscribe. The Independent Dealer Podcast.